Never put off till tomorrow what may be done the day after tomorrow just as well. Mark Twain. Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Well, Ed, here we are. We're doing a show about... I don't know, man. Maybe we'll do it My next life. time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You, <laughs> I think it's all of our lives in one. I, I guarantee you many of the people are listening. They probably have uh, the same outlook as we do towards this. And, well, they just kind of want to push it away and push it off. So, But <laughs> other than that, though, right. hey, yes. I, I, I think we should talk about Uh-oh. a particular dog. And they're and they're sneaking food. You want to uh, tell us about that? Yeah. So I don't want to be too uh, overly graphic, but the other day I get up to go to the gym, and I go downstairs and I notice that the great General Patton has used the puppy pad in the night instead of waking me up. So I clean it up and I'm like, "Huh, this seems strange." And then I spot this spot in the corner. I'm like. Is that a toy? Yeah, I don't think that's a toy. So she had basically had a bow, bad case of uh, bubble guts. We'll just call it that. Uh, <laughs> so this is like Thursday. And I did not know what it was that got into her. I We didn't see anything. Well, the podcast studio is on the top floor of the house. And I don't spend a ton of time up here except when I'm recording or prepping for the show. So as I came up there this morning, I discovered (laughs) an empty protein cookie wrapper. So it looks like Patton had 16 grams of protein with 12, 13 pounds of body weight. Uh, She ate a whole peanut butter protein cookie. I don't even know where she got it at, but she had tore open the wrapper. She had a second one on the floor that she did not get open. That was a white chocolate macadamia nut protein cookie. Oh, so yeah. So now she's in trouble. So she's sitting on the couch watching me while we do this podcast today, pouting because she's in trouble. But I'm pretty sure we'll still take her to the Lego store with us today. We're gonna we're gonna travel to the Lego store today. <laughs> I hey, I think she's just trying to be more like you, man. That's all it was. She's like, you know, I gotta get in my workout. Gotta get my protein. She's looking swole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let me ask: Do you do you like keep your uh, do you keep the cookies like in a gym bag or something so she could pull them out you know i had a uh, 24-hour duty the other day and i believe that the cookies were in the bag that i usually carry to duty and so when i came home and i emptied the bag i don't think i took them out because i usually uh, keep like the xbox or something in there whatever i usually use to survive uh 24-hour duty <laughs> yeah so i think that i think that's where she got them from crazy man so if you would have just took the time to check your bag instead of putting it off you would have noticed it, wouldn't you? Mm. I'd have got to it eventually. I, I always do that. Like that bag usually stays full and I'll say, oh, I'll empty it when I get up. And then I get up and then I'm like, well, I'll empty it later. And I just, I never get to it. <laughs> you know, it's funny how that correlates perfectly with today's show, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I figure when you made me tell the story that you're going to find a way to tie it all together. 
That's it's what I do. That's my job. All right. Uh, All right. No. <laughs> but I mean, really, today's show, uh, as you can see, it's called I'll Start Tomorrow. Um, but really what it's about, it is about procrastination. And I know I'm bad about this. Ed, has, he said it multiple times on the show how he's bad about it. And I guarantee you, many of you listening probably have the same problem. And what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go through this. We're going to first dis- define what procrastination is. And then we're going to look at four different types of procrastinators and then a solution to help with it. Now, Ed, one of the things I noticed when I was reading through this, and I think you probably would be able to correlate the same thing. But one of the things I noticed is when I would read uh, the type of procrastinator and then I read the solution, my mind automatically went to Kevin Cruz's book, Great Leaders Have No Rules. And I thought to myself, "Mm, if they would have just used the crowd your calendar, it probably wouldn't have uh, turned into such a problem and followed it. You know, they have to follow it though. So, yeah. yeah. So that's one of the things I was going to bring up today is that the uh, crowd your calendar thing has helped me with my issues with procrastination. That's good. I, I, I can tell you that. So I started off well last year with it, but I did not, I, I, I tell you right now, I did not finish off my year using it at all. I, I pretty much, I would say, yeah, I would say the last couple of months, I just completely dumped it. I was like, eh, not so, <laughs> not so much. But, but now, you know, hey, we got goals. We got smart goals to be set. So I can incorporate that in my smart goals. Uh, but first, we got to figure out what a what procrastination is, and then these types of procrastinators. You ready to get after it, man? All right, let's uh, see what we can learn today. Uh, you know, I'm always eager to continue doing some lifelong learning. Exactly. So, what is procrastination? Human beings have been procrastinating for centuries. The problem is so timeless, in fact, that ancient Greek philosophers like Socrates and Aristotle developed a word to describe this type of behavior, akrasia. Akrasia is the state of acting against your better judgment. It is when you do one thing even though you know you should be doing something else. Loosely translated, you could say that akrasia is procrastination or a lack of self-control. Now, here's the modern definition of it. Procrastination is the act of delaying or postponing a task or set of tasks. (laughs) (laughs) So, whether you refer to it as procrastination or akrasia or something else, it is the force that prevents you from following through on what you set out to do. I mean, I'm pretty sure that describes it very well, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, uh, as you're reading it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then it's making me think about my thought process on procrastination, particularly academically. We'll just stick with that because that's usually my biggest one uh, is academically. But, yeah, so as you're reading that definition, I'm like, okay, that makes sense because, I mean, yeah, maybe Socrates and we're on to something. (laughs) Uh, They're on plenty of things, believe me. But let's not let's not put this off anymore. okay? Ed, let's just no pun intended. Let's let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to go through. We're going to go through four different types of procrastinators, and then there's a solution that goes with that type. And to tell you the truth, as I was reading these, I really felt like the solutions could be uh, useful and help a person through that. Uh, but once again, just like I said earlier, I and, and Ed will probably bring it up again, that Kevin, Kevin Cruz's book, uh, Great Leaders Have No Rules, he has a great thing about crowding your calendar. And I think that could work 
along with this. But let's get right into the very first one, Ed. First one is called an anxious procrastination. All right. So hmm. Neil Fjord, author of The Now Habit, defined procrastination as a mechanism for coping with the anxiety associated with starting or completing any task or decision. Now, so anxiety, <clears throat> I'm not sure about you, man, but sometimes anxiety has got the best of me, but I don't think it's so much for procrastinating. Um, I could see, though, how he's describing it here, Ed, uh, that it plays a role and it, and it kind of incubates procrastination because of the anxiety. Yeah, this is this is the one that kind of caught me off, too. It's funny, it's the very first more, one, but... I just, I don't understand, you know, a mechanism for coping with anxiety, but you know, like for me, I know when I procrastinate, I know it creates more anxiety. So it's not really coping with it. I guess the anxiety of getting started, but I, I really, I don't understand because like I said, yeah, there's some anxiety about starting an assignment. Let's say we're writing a paper, but mm -hmm. when it's Sunday and my paper is due today, the anxiety associated with that is much greater than just starting the assignment. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, I when you talk about starting to, yeah. So when you start talking about assignment, I mean, yeah, there's some anxiety about like, where do I start? How am I searching? What journals am I going to use as sources? Stuff like that. But yeah, this one's a little iffy for me. And so what you just said there, I think that is what the anxiety is associated with is too much being crammed into one. So for instance, you say where to start, what references, all these things. So the anxiety really kicks off when you start. All right. Or in this case, he talks about uh, Fury suggested that people who procrastinate a lot are usually bad at managing their time and often end up scheduling in more work than they can actually do, leaving no time for fun activities or resting. So Fury suggested that not fulfilling these unrealistic expectations causes stress and anxiety, which some people deal with by procrastinating. So the way I see it is, is it's I've given myself too many tasks, and now I'm I, I'm 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 overwhelmed with anxiety for all the tasks at once. But if I only had a couple tasks or a couple things that had to be done, I don't think you would associate it with that. Does it make sense? So it does make sense because you know you get an assignment. And, you know, you, you want to do a good job and then you start adding, you know, oh, I can I can add this to it and I can add this. So if you're doing like a, a battle analysis, you're like, well, I can add a battle map and I can do this. And so you're adding so much to it. So then that cr you're creating more than you really have time to manage, maybe in the window for the assignment. So I, I can see where that would cause some anxiety and some issues and then make you procrastinate more. I can tell you, Ed, I've done it with this show alone. I have literally done it where I have come up with all these different ideas I want for the show, but then feel felt overwhelmed and then just didn't do them. Right. So and then I ended up just doing the bare minimum that I wanted to do instead. So, I mean, I can I can kind of relate to it. But at the same time, I don't feel like this particular one is how I personally procrastinate. Um, but hey, I can see how it works. All right. So let's talk about how to beat it. OK. Basically, what Fury's suggesting is that the you have to unschedule as as a way to uh, combat this anxiety driven procrastination, and I think this is partly where that that whole crowd your calendar comes into play. But the unscheduled method involves filling your schedule with fun activities and rest before scheduling in any work. For example, 
If you find yourself checking Facebook for 15 minutes at 3 p.m. every afternoon, schedule in Facebook time first and then plan your work around that. Uh, This scheduled fun or downtime will give you the chance to relax and prevent you from over-scheduling. I I relate this, Ed, to the uh, 25 and 5 rule of you work for 25 minutes and then you got to give yourself a five-minute break. And then you work for 25 minutes, then a five-minute break. Yeah, you know, I've actually done this without meaning to, I guess. Uh, And and I want to say... Uh, it, again, writing a paper because what I'll do is I'll say, okay, I'm going to give myself two hours of just straight research right? and then I'll watch whatever, an episode of Family Guy or an episode of Married with Children. Something I've seen a thousand times. So it's not like I'm going to get so engrossed in it that I got to watch the next one and the next one. You know, you don't want to put, uh, what's that, the, the big thing on Netflix right now, Witcher. You don't want to put Witcher on and be like, well, I'll watch just one and then go back to work. So I'll I'll do that. I'll watch an episode of Family Guy and then I'll go back to work for two hours and then I'll go watch something else to go back to work for two hours. So I'll, I'll usually do two hours on 30 minutes off. And usually I'll try to do it on a Saturday and Sunday so that by Sunday my product is you know complete because when you sit there and, and so for instance, writing a paper, you just keep going on and on and on and on and you're working on it and and your product really suffers because you're not putting the effort into it. If you had a clear mind, you're not letting yourself have a clear mind because you've just been working for four hours on something. So I can see where, you know, the unscheduled could work. Uh, I think it's an excellent technique. Oh yeah. I would definitely say, and and to, it's funny you brought up Witcher uh, because I'm kind of procrastinating on that show as in I'm not binge watching it. I'm taking it one episode <laughs> at a time because I want to savor it because because there's only like eight episodes and it's a really good show, by the way. Uh, so if those of you who haven't seen it yet on Netflix called The Witcher, it's got uh, Henry Cavill in it, which dude's amazing anyways when he played Superman. So, um, all right. Hey, yeah, we're for- we're procrastinating on it too, just because we really don't do the sci-fi thing very much. So we're kind of procrastinating right now on it. Would you consider that sci-fi though? I don't know. I mean, I guess you could because it's like magic. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. So I, I consider um, that in the fantasy wife, area. Maybe. Yeah. So but I've been watching the uh, uh, Roman Empire. That's my that's my jam. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So hey, let's move on to this next one. Uh, Number two, the fun procrastinator. The fun procrastinator would rather be doing anything except that one dreaded task. If all, there's so many fun and exciting things you could be doing instead. How can you bear to start that boring project? Ed, do you relate to that at all? Yeah, this is one that I definitely can associate. So the fun procrastinator, like, for instance, I'm not in school currently uh, today. My wife and I are going to travel about an hour and 15 minutes to get some five guys because it's a good taste of other states uh, founded in Maryland, by the way. Uh, We're going to go get some five guys and then we're going to go to the Lego store. So if I had assignment due tomorrow, I would still go to the Lego store and five guys. You know what I mean? I would be like, I got plenty of time, which we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. But I would put it on. I would put an assignment on the back burner to go do something enjoyable. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I know I've done it with movies, you know, something is out at the theater and I'll be like, eh, I should really be working on this homework, but, uh, let's go to movie. <laughs> so this is me, this, 
I am this one right here for sure. I, you know, and I, I find myself, I've fallen in this before too. Uh, whenever, say, we want to do something as a family with the kids or whatever, uh, instead of saying, oh, no, I got to do this. I tend to want to do the fun things. Uh, and then there's and then there's other times where I don't do the things and I end up doing the the really tough things or the boring mundane things. But <laughs> but even here, like even here, I don't have my family here. And uh, what was it? Okay, so I'll give an example. I just uh, recently figured out how to play that Fortnite game because Ethan plays it. Uh, so I wanted to be able to play it with him when I get home. And I've been going over to my buddy's uh, place over here. He lives in the same building, literally down the hall from me. So I go over there and we sit on Xbox and play it for a little bit. So last night, that's what I did through the night. But I had told, <laughs> my, but I had told my commander because he sent me a resume. He's like, hey, you mind looking over this resume? Because he's basically trying to go to graduate school. He's trying to start his graduate school. He's like, hey, you mind looking this over? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'll look it over. I didn't look it over at all last night. At all. And I woke up <laughs> this morning thinking... You know, I kind of let the guy down a little bit because I didn't look it over yesterday when I said I would look it over. And I didn't I I didn't say specifically when I would look it over. I just said I would look it over. So you wouldn't believe this, man. This morning, I'm sitting in my recliner and I'm kind of just chilling there playing on, uh, well, Facebook, probably. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was. And reading all these funny little memes about Iran. Um, so I get a text message from my commander. He says, can I interest you in a coffee? And a sit down at Starbucks. I'm like, why? And he <laughs> and he says, I'm trying to see it coming. Yeah. He's like, he says, I'm trying to bribe you to come look at this resume. And I'm like, oh man. And I felt so bad too. But the cool thing was, the cool thing was is we got to go sit down and we just BS for a little while and just kind of enjoy each other's company. I happened to have, because I had I had when I first attempted, started to go to the graduate school, I had already had to do my resume for it. So I already had one on file on my computer. So really, I just took that. I translated everything he had onto mine, saved it, and boom, there it was. So it was actually quicker than it needed to be. Plus, we you know, we got to have like bro time. And it, well, I can't really say that because he's my commander. But we got to hang out. And, you know, it was, it was a professional setting. And <laughs> it was good. But it was really good because he was, he was actually sitting there. He was writing his essays for it. And then he'd have me look at it. And then I would finish. And I finished his uh, what what he had for resume, and then I transferred over. I'd finished transferred over and making it, you know, look doctored up, and I give it back to him so he could look at it. But long story short, I last night I preferred going playing Fortnite with my buddy than uh, doing actual work. And you know what? Shame, shame. <laughs> but you know, you know, one of the things, one of the people I've uh, I've kind of listened to or watched either on Instagram or or found them on Facebook or on LinkedIn or you know all those different things is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, and he talks about things like that about you know if people really want to succeed, then they're going to work hard to succeed, and they're not going to let the all the fun stuff get in the way of success. And I really you know I I appreciate those types of comments, and I appreciate you know, that mindset, because sometimes I, yet I really believe sometimes we have to be reinvigorated re, you know, re-engaged to what really needs to be done because we can get distracted in a sense and not realize it. Yeah. I, yeah. But yeah, I don't know because like for me, sometimes the fun time thing is more important than whatever that task is. Maybe to me, like, you know, so 
with my wife and I, this is the Lego thing. Like that moment of going, you know, like an hour just to get some French fries and, and go to a Lego store, that moment, that, that time with her, that might be more valuable than working on my SOP standard operating procedures for my new section. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I need to get it done, but you know, I, you also have to weigh and figure that balance out. And right. Yeah. Sometimes uh, now for me, if you're on the phone, all right, you, the other thing's way more important than being on social media. That's just my own personal opinion, but some things are just the, the, the time spent with a loved one or something like that. To me, that outweighs a lot of stuff. Uh, when we talk procrastination and we talk about, you know, the fun guy or the, the fun uh, procrastination. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I agree with you. For instance, if I procrastinate something to, to go spend time with my family, I my kids are only going to be this young for so long, you know, and I, I think at times it's the right move to, you know, so, it, you know, it's give or take. But let's get to the how to cope with or how to beat this type of procrastination. So, all right. So here it is. If there's absolutely no way you're going to start on that one dreaded task, try indulging in some structured procrastination. Never heard of that one. All right. You're going to procrastinate anyway, so why not make it useful? Give in to your desire to procrastinate, but instead of watching videos of kittens on YouTube, Ed, that's what you do, right? Start another <laughs> item on your to-do list. Now, we are against to-do lists. And to-do lists don't work. Exactly. <laughs> but what you could do is you could rearrange your crowd, your calendar and to help with that. So by starting another item first, you've made the dreaded task a lower priority, which in theory will make you dread it a lot less. And in the meantime, you're still being productive. It's a win-win situation. Yeah, so this is something that I, I again, some of these things it's kind of cool the how to beat it. You you may do these without even realizing. Like, so for instance, I was supposed to be scrubbing this monster spreadsheet, man. This thing was a like Excel spreadsheet with its own heartbeat and social security number, this thing. And I was supposed <laughs> to be scrubbing it and I had been scrubbing it for, you know, I probably been working on it for a couple hours. I was like, I cannot scrub one more item. Because you got to go to Excel, then you got to open the documents to support it. Then you got to scrub them to make sure everything, you know, jives together. But what I ended up doing is I cannot stand a cluttered mess in my workplace. So I cleaned out this cabinet, this uh, closet that had, um, what was it say? There's a bunch of touchstone phones and a rotary dial phone on the wall. And there were things in there just thrown into corners from 2014, 13. So I cleaned that out because that was one of the things I wanted, you know, when I first moved into the section, that was a, I want to fix this, clean this up thing. So I worked on that and then I ended up going back to the spreadsheet and then uh, we have another office that we don't use. And I was like, well, I can make this into a mini conference room. So I started working on that. Then I go back to the spreadsheet. So I knew I was going to procrastinate on that spreadsheet. Uh, whether it be go be a social butterfly somewhere or go to the gym ex for an exceedingly long time and sit in the sauna. But to counter that, I, I didn't mean to do it. I had not read this article, but I just kind of did something else on my list and then came back to it. So that was kind of a cool thing to read is to see, oh, look, you've accidentally done this or instinctively. <laughs> exactly. And, and I, I find it, uh, trading things out 
could be a, a, pos- a plausible solution uh, for a lot of my procrastination when it comes time. So, all right. So you definitely feel like you're a number, you know, number two, a fun procrastinator. I, Ed, I am telling you right now. Majority of the time. Yeah. Majority of the time. I can tell you um, 85 to 90% of the time, I am number three. And what's number three? The plenty of time procrastinator. <laughs> Yeah, that's me all day long, man. I can specifically say there have times where I've my wife said, "Aren't you supposed to do blah blah blah?" And I'll look at her and say, "I got plenty of time for that." And she she, she's going to listen to this, and she's probably going to laugh. She's going to be like, "Yes, he does say that." I I am horrible (laughs) with saying I got plenty of time to take care of. Sometimes, Ed, I tell myself that. Because, you know, I mean, I maybe I have uh, like a project I got to do here or something I have to get done here. And I'm like, oh, I got plenty of time. I'll just do that on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. That usually doesn't work out very well for me, Brian. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I got plenty of time because then when you don't have plenty of time, you're like, oh, man, I had like five days to get this done. I need to have it done in the next like two hours. Uh, yeah. And then more anxiety that uh, you caused on yourself. Absolutely. So let's let's find out what this plenty of time procrastinator is. Many people find it difficult to start a new project when they know the deadline is a long way off. This type of procrastination is clearly visible in students who often struggle to start an essay earlier than a few days before the deadline. <laughs> sound familiar, my friend? It does. Very much. <laughs> Here we go. You may also have tasks that don't have deadlines. Take a look at your to-do list. <clears throat> Let's cut out the to-do list. But today, take a look at your schedule that you've crowded to see where you can move things around. Chances are you have at least one item that you've been putting off for weeks, if not months. It's something you want to do. You know it will make things better in the long run, but you keep putting it off. I mean, that's, that's all day long. I do this. This is just me. I'm a, I got plenty of time. I don't know how many times. And this is probably like the vicious cycle and of my procrastination. And obviously we're going to go into the, how you beat it thing, uh, with this. Yeah. Uh, but I would definitely say I have to reevaluate Ed, my crowd, your calendar and look back at the things that I've been doing the past, I don't know, couple months and then reconfigure it to where it's uh, more conducive to my procrastination. So instead of procrastinating so much, I'll actually get more done within a decent amount of time. What do you think? So, so here's the question, Brian. And, and I just really, this just popped in my head when you were talking. Uh, when we talk about procrastination, right? You're the plenty of time procrastinator. Now, is this something with, is it, is it professional? Is it your academics? Is it like at home, you know, Hey, I'll cut the lawn. I got plenty of time. Eh. And then you never get to it. And then now you've got like Jumanji happening in your backyard. Like, so for you, is it all three or just one in particular place that you really procrastinate? Oh, it's everything, my friend. It is everything. And all of it is plenty of time. Uh, probably the majority of the time. I think I've read a meme once. It said, listen, you don't have to keep pestering your husband every six months to mow the lawn. He'll get to it at some point. So basically what you're telling me is, Michelle, you need to issue deadlines for things you need done on the honey-do list. Don't do that. 
no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm also uh, resistant um, and rebellious. It's kind of weird. I'm in the army, but I'm still rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So hey, let's look at how we're gonna how we're gonna beat this. All right. And I, I find this to be useful, but I really I'm gonna fall back on. I need to reevaluate, crowd my calendar. But this is what they have. This is what's said about how to beat it. Uh, professor of psychology and behavior economics at Duke University, Dan Ariely, experimented with getting his students to set their own deadlines. Ariely gave his students three assignments and let them set their own deadlines. He hypothesized that students would choose the last day of term for the deadlines, as they would give them the that would give them the most time to do their work and procrastinate. In reality, the majority of students chose earlier deadlines and got better grades than those who left their work until the last minute. The implications? By setting yourself deadlines and announcing them publicly, you will not only be able to get your work done, but you'll do a good job of it. Try setting deadlines and telling your friends, family, and coworkers about them. This public commitment should keep you on track and motivate you to meet those deadlines. I think, Ed, I like to relate this not only to the crowd your calendar, but also to smart goals. So, you know, and what if we decided to make smart goals, right? Because that's time based. And we then also crowd our calendar with conducting those smart goals. <laughs> to me, that's a that's a win-win situation also because now what we're doing is we're telling ourselves, okay, this is the things that I have to get done or I want to get done. And I'm setting deadlines and now I'm incorporating those deadlines in my calendar and now I follow this, this schedule of sorts and it allows me to get that done. I think that the, the SMART goals definitely play into this. We were talking about them a couple of episodes back and as you were reading this and you started talking about the importance of you know, these deadlines and setting these deadlines, it really dawned on me about, you know, the top, using smart goals to do these things and trying to help with procrastination. And then I think that with when we talk about crowd your calendar, too, we can have, you know, uh, during the smart goal episode, we talked about small little benchmarks, small little wins. So, you know, if you got a, a goal and your deadline is six months from now, well, OK, well, every you know other month. You can have a uh, something on your calendar that says, hey, evaluate where you're at at this point towards your goal of this. You know what I mean? So you could tie those together. I think, the, yeah, I think the smart goal thing and the uh, crowd your calendar, which I also have to work on my crowd your calendar thing. I do use it, but not I don't crowd the whole calendar, but I think it would help with some things. And I think it would also give you a better visual of that you really don't have plenty of time when you start breaking things down like that. From what I get from crowding my calendar, when I started it, I kind of, I think I was just winging it. And I, and that's why I really need to go back and kind of just look at everything and say, okay, this is what I need to do here. This is what I need. This is most feasible here. You know what I mean? Like I was just plugging and playing. But now that I know, okay, this is how I've been doing X, Y, and Z, then I can take that and put it into the equation so I get you know, the right solution. Um, for those of you who, you know, we've, we've mentioned a couple times in the show already, but if you want to go back 
to previous episodes, listen to episode 37 and 38. Uh, and that's the book from Kevin Cruz, Great Leaders Have No Rules. Right, And in that, we do talk about the Crowd Your Calendar. There's a lot of other topics we go over in it. Uh, and I recommend purchasing the book, maybe listening to an audiobook of it because it really does help out. And I think in addition to that, if people take that, that SMART goals uh, that we, we presented a couple episodes ago and they start utilizing that, and this is the right time to do it, right? Everybody's want, wanting to set goals and, and, and want to achieve something new, new year, all that stuff, right? And even if somebody's listening down the road and they, they don't listen to this episode until in June, it doesn't matter. You can start right then. You know, the, the whole... The whole premise of the show is that the title was ironic. I'll start tomorrow. That's that's the whole point behind it. So don't put it off to tomorrow. You want to do it now and figure it out now. You know, don't put off setting the goals tomorrow. Set them now. Um, <clears throat> but I really do. I like that idea. I like the idea of also sharing those goals or those deadlines with someone. Uh, for instance, you and I back and forth, man. We. We've talked about certain deadlines for this show, and we some of we met, some of them we've completely missed the mark on. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and I mean it's good to set goals, and it's something that um, I think you have to go back and revisit, and and see like where your mistakes are and how you can improve on your goal setting, and then those goals have to be living, breathing things. Like they have to evolve. You know, I think that the more strict you are on a goal, the less likely it is. This is just my own opinion, but I think it's less likely you're going to accomplish whatever that thing is. I think if you let it be more free flowing and just go with it and adjust it as you go, it'll help. Exactly. All right. So let's uh, let's move on to number four. And then um, we're going to cover some daily routine recommendations for peak productivity. All right. So number four. This one, I'm not, I don't think I relate to, and I'm not sure how many people out there actually relate to this one, but I can see how it can, it can seem like a a reason, you know, a a form of procrastination. So it's called the perfectionist procrastinator. Perfectionists are always striving for the best and as such are consistently criticizing their own work. For some perfectionists, the fear of failing or producing work to a low standard can be so overwhelming they never actually get around to starting anything. I can Ed, I I I guess I could see how, you know, basically they're putting things off because they're worried that it's not going to be good enough. Or maybe they're developing the idea and oh, that idea is just not good enough yet. I gotta keep developing. I gotta keep developing. You know what I mean? I, I guess I could see how it works within the mold of trying to get something done. I don't I don't see it so much as before actually starting the task, but I mean, you know, what are your thoughts? So to me, Brian, this reads like an overthinker. So I can see it. You know, you got something you got to get done, but the perfectionist is like overthinking the project to such an extent that they actually never get started. They're just running in quicksand the whole time. Uh, well, that's not going to be good enough. And, you know, it's second guessing themselves or, or, uh, so, yeah, I can see it for getting started kind of as that. Now, I definitely see it. You know, this is one of those ones you may write your assignment and then you're reading it and then you don't submit it because you're like, oh, this is not good. And you start second guessing yourself and it causes you to kind of delay completing it. But, yeah, th- that's how it reads to me. This reads to me like an overthinker, uh, Brian. 
Yeah, that, that makes sense too. I can see how that you know somebody's just overthinking a problem, and I've and I've seen plenty of people do that though. All right, so let's talk about how you beat it. Philosopher and professor at Stanford University, John Perry thinks procrastinating can actually be a good thing for perfectionists. As long as they have a lot of time to do a task, they fantasize about doing a perfect job. Leaving it till the last minute is a way of giving oneself permission to do merely an adequate job. 99% of the time, a merely adequate job is all that is needed. Try looking back at the last five jobs you completed. Were they all perfect? Probably not. Were they sufficient? Chances are you are already working on a high standard, so stop giving yourself a hard time. (laughs) Identify times when you didn't do the perfect job, but the consequences were the same as if you did. This will help you overcome your perfectionist routine and stop procrastinating. I, you know what? I can see how that comes into play. Of and, and to me, the solution there, Ed, is put it in perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you're over again. You're overthinking things, and you're probably doing a great job. Uh, but you're, you know, they always say you're your own worst critic, right? Oh yeah. You know, uh, whatever you're doing, whether it be you as a first sergeant or me as an academic, you're always. You know, how many times have you turned in a paper, Brian, right, in school, and you'd be like, eh, that was not my best work. And then you get it back, and you score in the 90 percentile. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, you know, I've told myself yeah. I've uh, procrastinated enough that I'm like, oh, I just got to get this done, and I'll just get a grade, you know? And and I, I knew it wasn't that good, and then it ended up being actually good, so. Yeah, I think every time I've ever procrastinated on a paper, especially a paper, uh. I feel like every single time I've been like, yeah, I, I'll tell my wife because my wife proofreads everything that I do. Right. So I'll say, Hey, can you proofread this for me, Tam? It is not the greatest paper I've ever written, but if you could just proofread it for me and then she'll proofread it and she won't say anything. I know you could see, you know, I, I I'm sure she's thinking, well, this wasn't bad, but she won't say anything and I'll submit it. And then, and then I do the check your grade every day thing because I'm nervous because I procrastinated. So I've caused more anxiety. Oh, yeah. uh, and then the grade post and it's like 96. I'm like, what? Like, are you kidding me? So, you know, every time I've ever done a paper, I, I'm pretty sure I would say 90% of the time had 90%, 90% of the time <laughs> it has turned out like that. Like, oh, this was not good. And then it comes out and it's like, oh, I guess it was good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I can definitely relate to that. I just, I've never felt myself to be more of a, um, a perfectionist in that manner. Uh, it's just, I definitely know that I fall back on the, I got plenty of time. So that's my, the fun one kind of sort of, but. Yeah, the fun one is an easy one. The fun one is an easy one for me, man. I'm telling you, hey, let's go, uh, let's go play laser tag. Eh, okay. Oh, <laughs> like God. I'm out of here. Uh, oh yeah. Um, you know, even at work, like over the holidays, you know, we work these funny schedules where we got half days and I had that spreadsheet that I talked about, well, you know, noon rolls around. It's like, well, I can really stay and work a little bit on this spreadsheet or I can go home and watch TV with the poodle. Yeah. I'm out of here. And I come home. <laughs> like I did get it done. Basically I had to have it done before the holidays were over and I did, but you know what I mean? Like those, that's one of the things. And, uh, procrastination is just 
The, the other problem I have with procrastination, Brian, you might be able to shed some light on this. So we, we talked about these four things, but a lot of times in our organization, when you have somebody who's a procrastinator, right? Like I have one right now, he's, he's a procrastinator. But what ends up happening is when the timeline gets so tight on him and they're looking for a product for a commander, right? Everybody else has to pick up some slack of him now. Oh, yeah. And and you end up you end up spreading your work across other people. You know what I mean? Like because of your procrastination. So that's why I think this episode's important for people to listen to and kind of learn these different types of procrastination. I'm sure there's other ones out there. Uh his excuse is always he's smart lazy, but it it affects your organization when you procrastinate. It can because you know, at the end of the day, my boss says, hey, we got to brief the general on this tomorrow. He hasn't done what he had to do for the last two weeks. Guess what? We're a team. We're all going to work on this until it's ready for the general. You know what I mean, Brian? So have you seen that throughout your career as well? Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, it. I think at every unit I've ever worked at, uh, it's been like that. And to tell you the truth, Ed, I think I think you're right. I think uh, understanding the types of procrastinators and, in, and and to be able to identify them and then help them through that with some types of solutions as a leader or an influencer, I think that's critical. Mm-hmm. It really is. And on top of that, not only to be able to identify, but also having some empathy to understand that, hey, listen, this is a fault that people have. Don't you don't you don't finger point, you don't turn it into a negative situation. Instead, you work through it with that person. You come up with solutions together, you know, and, and so if it constantly happens, right, th- then we've got a problem. We've got to start, we got to, you know, we can start uh, doing yes. right actions, <laughs> basically disciplinary actions if need be, if it's, if it's that serious, right? But at the same time, I don't see a problem with a, a leader who is able to identify it because they probably have the same issue too or of some sort of it, come up with good courses of actions or COAs to help that individual Maybe look at setting small goals um, and understanding that, hey, listen, when you're assigned this task and it's one month out, there needs to be thermometer checks, not only for that person, but also that leader of that influencer. They should also be doing thermometer checks. I do it all the time, Ed, all the time. I'm telling you, yeah. I've, got, I've got kids that are in my unit now and they've probably dealt with me where I'll walk up to them. I'll say, hey, where are you on XYZ? And they were like, oh, well, I said, well, you need to show me some progress because I need to know that this is happening. Now, some people may see that, though, Ed, as micromanagement. I don't see it. I see it as staying informed to know where the product is. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like you just said, who's ta- that one person is not taking the blame. The team is going to get the blame. The overall leader yes. of that group is going to take the blame. So, you know, there should be some unity there to help people through that. Completely makes sense. So I'll give you a great example. I had a platoon sergeant, sergeant first class, uh, Ramirez. And I, at first I was a, I, I had been a, a leader a while. I've been an NCO a while and we would get taskings, you know, to do whatever mandatory training and then provide the certificates to the company. You know what I mean? So then they would say, Oh, well this is due, you know, in two weeks. And he would come back and be like, Hey, let's get it done. Nobody's going home tonight till it's done. And I didn't understand it. I was like, why? It's due in two weeks. We've got plenty of time, right? But his uh, his actions eventually started making sense to me because our platoon had the reputation for if you need something done, they're going to get it done immediately. 
You know what I mean? Like they had that, we had that reputation. It, we were never on the list. Like, Oh, they have, this person is due for dental or this person didn't turn in this. That wasn't his thing because he was the one that the first sergeant was gonna, you know, take shots at when stuff was late. And, uh, it was one of the lessons I learned from Ramirez that I thought, you know what, this absolutely makes sense. And when I left him to become a supply sergeant, work with soldiers of my own, we used to race him to see who could get their stuff turned in faster. Like that was my goal was, uh, oh, no, we're going to beat maintenance. Our stuff will be done first. And I knew he was going straight back to the motor pool and they were going to start working on it immediately. So, so was my soldiers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it became a friendly little competition, but it breaks down that procrastination because the rest of the unit, the day it's due, they're trying to use two laptops to get 20 people through doing online training that takes an hour each. Mm-hmm. The math doesn't jive. It's a long day. You caused it. You know what I mean? So uh, it was one of the lessons I learned. He was one of the great leaders I've had. And, uh, and I appreciate that lesson. You know, and Ed, I, I love that idea. I mean, it really does, uh, putting the team competitive things, uh, in it. Uh, something else I like to relate it to is if we look at all our tasks equal to dollar signs or, or money earned versus money spent type situation, it could be a little bit better to, Oh yeah. To try to say, hey, listen, uh, I've got X amount of money to uh, to hold on a second, man. I got to answer this phone call. Hold on. <laughs> Sounds like some official business is going on, Brian. So when you listen to this to edit it, you'll see that I've been given some director's commentary on your having to pause to do some leadership stuff. <laughs> now, whoever it was, they hung up right as I was answering it. So. Um, <laughs> we carried on without you. <laughs> I, I bet you did. Yeah, it looks like it. I can see the little, the little uh, light talking that's going on. Um, I see using probably money earned versus money spent in this. For instance, if I put off work all the way till the very end, what are some tasks that I could have completed that have, would have earned money? Right. Uh, and, and that's why I guess I could relate that more to the civilian sector than the military. And and I often see people realize, like, for instance, we're all salary based. We across the army, it's all salary, man. I tell you what, if, if it was production based, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'd be making a killing sometimes. But, and that's where it's, it's hard to relate that to people who are salary based versus those who aren't. Um, and it's making them, you know, and, but if you think about it, what if we converted that to, well, because you're able to get things done within a decent amount of time, you earn time off of work and you're still getting paid no matter what. So I, I think there's there's multiple ways to look at it to help people not only identify their procrastination problem, but also power through it. And it's, a, it's important to, to recognize it, to be able to do that, to to know, hey, I need to power through. So, um, and, and again, you know, when you talk civilian sector now, procrastination, I mean, I think there's a saying time is money, money is time, something like that. So, I mean, putting it off, I mean, it could have a bad effect, a bad impact. In our organization, it absolutely can. So it's better to just get after it and get it over with and, and crowd your calendar or set reminders on your calendar can uh, can be an effective way to overcome. I think it could overcome probably all four of these uh, types of procrastinator. But, I mean, I'd be interested to know what the audience thinks about if other forms of procrastination too. 
Yeah, I totally agree. So let's let's look at a couple other things, Ed. Uh, one of the things I would definitely uh, want to say is uh, daily routines. That's actually one of the areas, and and this is going off of an, uh, some other information that I had found when I started doing all this research. I didn't procrastinate too much because I did enough research <laughs> for this particular topic because I really wanted to hone in on, you know, how we can help identify these things and power through it. The daily routine is probably one of the most recommended for peak performance, right? So one reason it is so easy to slip back into procrastination time after time is because we don't have a clear system for deciding what is important and what we should work on first. Man, is that not an issue across the board? Yes, absolutely. I'm telling you, like prioritizing, I I am, I, I'm telling you, I, Preach to my guys all the time. Prioritize our tasks, especially like we're in my order room. And execute. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Prioritize them and then hit number one, then go to number two, then number three. Because those tasks are, are critical sometimes. Sometimes they're really important and, and some people don't understand priority. And if you don't prioritize it, you may be working on something that has, n- that has no effect of, of the immediate. We definitely have to look at that. One of the best productivity systems found is also one of the most simple. It's called the Ivy Lee Method, and it has six steps. So here are the six steps for this. It's real simple and easy. At the end of each workday, write down the six most important things you need to accomplish tomorrow. Do not write down more than six tasks. Now, we talk about not doing to-do lists. So how we can relate this to the Crowd Your Calendar is we may have to readjust tomorrow's calendar to hit those six most important things. For instance, Maybe the most important thing we do is we crowd that within the first part of the day. We set a time block for that. Then the next most important thing, we set a block. Now, what happens if we don't accomplish it within that time block? Well, we have to make adjustments. We make adjustments on times because what is most important needs to be done first. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's another one. Prioritize those six items in order of their true importance. All right, so what is immediate? What is it going to affect us right now? What is it, What is going to... What is going to make or break right now? Uh, to, and I've heard this, you know how many times, I, re, I just read an article and it talked about how sometimes too many priorities are given out and they're all high priority, so which means nothing is a priority. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of what we do in logistics. Like we order parts and everybody puts it as the highest priority. Well, then there's no high priority anymore. Which makes no so sense. We, that's why that's a... Logistically, that's why the supply system is usually broken because of that. Yeah. And I think a good way to be able to do that, Ed, is a justification. So what is the true justification? Is it is let's just use let's use logistics and use the supply system. Does that particular order of a part or piece or whatever it is, is it going to stop everything right now? So the the system is designed where it's supposed to work like that. You know, we have those things called pacing items. Right. They're supposedly showstoppers when they're broken. But because everything is ordered as a deadlining, like mission, not mission capable part, then that that's what boggles down the system uh, and why the system, you know. Now, obviously, they've changed to a new uh, supply ordering system, and I have not worked with it, so I don't know if that's still a thing. But when I was coming up as a private, the warrant officer would tell you every time, hey, order that as O2. And that basically says, hey, this is a high-priority piece. Um, hmm. So, and, and that's what would bog everything down. But in doctrine, 
Like there's supposed to be certain requirements met for this to be ordered that way. You know, for an aircraft on the ground, we have AOG parts, aircraft on the ground parts. Those are high priority. Like as soon as you have it, you call the aviation guys to come get it so they can get it on that aircraft. Yeah. And I Uh, think the whole system should work like that. Yeah, exactly. But I think also like I think maybe reevaluating also the deadline parts. Right. Let's just say for a Humvee. Did you know, um, so you, your mirrors, if one of them's cracked, it's considered deadlined, meaning you're not supposed to use it. Now, I got it. Can you still, is it still functional? Yes. So I wouldn't consider that a downed vehicle. So I, and, and I guess to me, I'm looking at like, okay, so what's, what's the drastic thing? If I have no mirrors, I'm, I'm, I got to have mirrors. Now, am I saying is it acceptable to have broken mirrors? No, it still needs to be fixed. But at the same time, is that really usable? Because there's a, there may be a crack in it. I don't, you know, I guess that's that's me. That's how I see things. But hey, you're you're right, and then that's why you know your commander can sign and say, hey, yeah, uh, there's an assumed risk to this or whatever. He'll put some stipulations how to operate the vehicle safely, yada yada. But in in the world of of procrastination, though, I do think it's you got to prioritize things effectively and and you have to have a standard for that. Yeah, exactly. That's also an excellent uh, way to, to time manage just your everything, your regular day is based off of prioritizing these things because instead of wasting time chasing my tail all day, I know to do the important things first. And like I said, it helps with, uh, um, it helps with uh, managing your time better. And there's a quad chart that you can actually do to try to help with that as well. So, and these are excellent tools to, you know, kind of combat procrastination. Oh, absolutely. So let's move on to the next one then. Uh, because we've already talked about how about, you know, putting things in the right true order of importance <clears throat> or tasking it out on your, on your crowd, your calendar. So when you arrive tomorrow, the next day, you concentrate on the first task or what is first. It's, you know, and, and this, I think, basically, so we'll first look at this. Work until the first task is finished before moving on to the second task. So following back to the crowd your calendar. Let's think about it this way. If I get into work and all of a sudden, so my crowd of my calendar said I'm supposed to go over personnel roster first thing in the morning. But instead, I check my emails real quick because I think, oh, I can do that real quick. Was that the priority? What was the priority, right? So making sure that you follow the priority or follow the scheduled task, because if checking my emails was really that important, then I needed to make that the first priority, right? Check my emails and reply, and then go over the uh, personnel roster type thing. So there's, you know, there's different ways to look at it. I definitely think though also is if you know a task normally takes, should take 15 minutes, I say give yourself 30 minutes. Like I, I I don't double everything, but I like to add a little bit more time to things just in case. Yeah. And I can always I can always draw back. Especially when you're gonna uh whatever the task is, if you're dealing with another section or another department outside of your own, because there's some variables there that oh, yeah. right? like maybe their priorities are a little bit different and maybe you're not their first priority of the day. So you may have to wait a little longer. So I think that's why you need to do stuff like that. Absolutely. Well, and then the next step would be approach the rest of your list or crowded your calendar, the rest of your calendar or your workday in the same fashion. At the end of the day, move any unfinished items 
or unfinished work because you had to move things around on the calendar a little bit to the next day and then prioritize them and then get them in that calendar if need be. And then the last thing is repeat the process every working day. Mm-hmm. I used to do this actually. Uh, when I was, when I first got um, soldiers and became a squad leader, I, I definitely used to have a little index card. This is when I used to do to-do list and I would have my to-do list. And then at the end of the day, before I went home, I would move those things over and then I would add to them for the next day. Uh, it was one of the ways I was doing time management actually when I first became a leader. So it's, it's interesting to hear you sharing this. Yeah. Well, and step six, cause I said there was six steps. Step six was you is util, it would be to utilize your time management to the best of your, to the best ability for advantage of you. Right. So what's going to work for you the most. Um, and, and I think that that falls in that also, uh, like where your strengths and weaknesses are Ed. Uh, and if, and if I know procrastination is a weakness, well, now I need to combat that weakness with some of the strengths that I have and to help me through that. So I, I can definitely say mm-hmm. that throughout this research uh, with this particular topic, I've kind of grasped onto some things that now it's allowed me to mesh things together that we've already talked about in the past and to help me uh, improve upon the procrastination issue that I've had in the past. <laughs> so we'll see where it goes. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see in my in my next class when I take my next class, uh, and that first paper is due. I'll I'll have to provide some feedback. I'll let you know where we're at then. Absolutely, my friend. All right, so hey, we're at the end of today's show, so you know that means there's a task involved. Ed and I have both said basically what type of procrastinator we are. You know, for instance, I'm more of a. I've got plenty of time procrastinator. Ed said he likes to switch between the fun thing and I've got plenty of time. So episode 57 task is what type of procrastinator are you? And the reason I ask that is if you're able to identify it, then what that will help you do is combat that particular weakness so you can move on from it and you can help yourself adjust it. All right. So (laughs) episode 57 task is what type of procrastinator are you? A professional one. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't in there, but I think that should be one, huh? Uh -huh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, With that, though, I mean, we we have done some uh, pretty pretty good stuff uh, over the past year. We talked about we talked about last episode. We talked about some really good episodes. Before that, we talked about the smart goals and how that's going to work. And you know, Ed and I, we've got we've got a plan out there. We've got pretty much. Every episode, except for I think there was three or four that aren't scheduled yet uh, with a topic. And and sometimes they may change because we may be like, oh, this is a hot topic. Let's talk about that. But with that, hey, I would just tell you, hey, listen, stay tuned to everything that we talk about uh, and, and, and let us know what you think. All right. So if you're a listener on Apple Podcast, go on there and just submit a review. Let us know what you really think. Um, also, if you're, you know, if you're not a listener on there, but you're a listener on Google or Spotify or anything like that, then go to the web, the the Facebook page and give us a review on there. You, you can give reviews on that Facebook page. All you have to do is go to the search bar, type in 101 Influence. That'll bring you to what's considered like the educational business page. You can put the review there and just let us know what you think. But if you want to join our closed Facebook group where you actually answer these questions or you want to answer these questions, then you just have to hit visit group 
answer three questions, and then join the group. Um, and I would definitely tell you that if, let's say this task that somebody didn't put an answer in, don't worry about it. Just put an answer because we love to hear feedback. We love to hear about what it is you think or what you thought. And maybe you give us the, like for instance, this time you're going to tell us what type of procrastinator are. And then you can maybe even get a little feedback about what you thought about that particular show. I mean, we're good with that. You can also find us, also find us on uh, Instagram or as Ed calls it, the gram, uh, also on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) And then individually, we're both on LinkedIn. So uh, we're across the different social medias. I ask that spread this out. If you're a listener, then why not send the episode or share it with somebody else? And you don't have to do it like say on your Facebook page or on your Instagram I'm talking about like, hey, you're talking with a friend about something. You say, hey, have you heard the Instinctive Influencers podcast? Well, I listened to this one episode and this is what it's about. Maybe you would like it. And then bring it up on their phone or on your phone and show it to them so they know, one, how to find it because obviously you know how to find it because you listen to it and, and share that with them because that's the whole point of the Instinctive Influencer piece is we're going to influence other people to become their better self, all right? And and with that, you become your better self. Uh, but that's really all I have for this show today. Uh, Ed, do you have anything you want to share? No, just uh, continue to support us. Continue to listen. If you got ideas, uh, Brian already talked about the various platforms. Share your ideas. Uh, you know, everything is, uh, we're, we're constantly doing AARs on ourselves. So if you come up with something and we're like, hey, that's that's better. Let's move this episode out. Let's add this one in. I mean, it's like you're part of the team and you are part of the team and, uh, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) going back to one of our previous episodes, uh, talking about those motivational posters. All right. So with that, I am Brian. I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Remember, don't put off tomorrow to what you can do the day after tomorrow. (laughs) That was by Mark Twain. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Have a great day.